Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. A very good afternoon to you all. My name is Cam Smith and I have the delight to look across to my man who's got his Ben Sherman shirt with the targets on. Yes, it's Matt Steadman. You're looking through the COVID safe perspex. Indeed we are. And we have condoms on our microphones. That's what it sounds like. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I, thought, I thought I'd done something wrong. <laughs> I was okay. just about to hit you. <laughs> that was very funny. Matt just started <sighs> rapping on the thing. It's like... He was trying to draw my attention to something that and I didn't know. Should we divulge we're eating some delicious uh, bubka pastries? <gasps> Brought in by our fearless leader, our Dave fearless Lynch, and station manager here at Triple R, in honour, Cameron. Yes, of, of a your, birthday. Of your birthday this week. Happy birthday. Which is, which is coming up. And uh, uh, Gosh, I haven't even had time to think about my birthday, to be honest no, with you've you. you've been a bit busy. You've been I... running around town, moving house, doing various food events that we're going to talk about. Indeed. Um, yes, I've had a, a bit of a dear listener. Um, I don't know if you're interested, but I'm going to tell you I've had a little bit of a tree change and I'm now residing in the rural splendour of Warrandyte. And you, you said this morning you let the chooks out. I did, and I got surrounded by king <laughs> parrots and... Um, Gosh, it was uh, – and low, it was good. But anyway, that's enough about me. Yes. Uh, we have a food show. And looking back, scientists rocking as always. It's such a great show. And yep. I look to the left and uh, panel beater Kent is uh, getting the podcast organised. have a beautiful, succinct uh, and yet detailed analysis of what's happening in India. Amazing. Yes. If you uh, – uh, if you haven't heard it, it might be worth having a listen to. Agreed. Indeed. Mm. Uh, before we go on any further, before we even mention what is coming on the show, mention has to be made um, of the passing of a titan. Yes. I think is the, the best way to I describe s- it. I saw this news this week and I immediately thought of you. Did you? Um, mm. Well, I'll just introduce it, um, and uh, these aren't my words, but I concur with their sentiment. Probably the single most influential figure in Melbourne's restaurant history died last Thursday night in hospital of lymphoma. Herman Schneider was 86, an owner-chef who was part of the dining scene for more than 40 years. He was probably the great helmsman of fine dining in this town mm-hmm. uh, in the time when... There was probably only a handful of really, really great restaurants, probably Florentino in the Podgornik era. Uh, the Staley's had Glow Glows and uh, Fanny's. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there was Two Faces. Mm. Two Faces down in a basement off Turak Road, a place that I knew pretty well because uh, I had just come back from cooking on Badar Island, which I've mentioned in passing on this radio show mm. a couple of times. And um, it was had been arranged that uh, uh, my family and I were going to take over Two Faces, which turned out to be a dreadful mistake, if I'm honest, <laughs> uh, in hindsight. But that's not what we're here to talk about. It's not about me, but the fact that I did get to work with the great man and it was a, a mm. challenge. It was very, very hard. Um, I did cop a little bit of abuse from the man as many, many people who have passed through this kitchen, greater, much greater names than than little old me. Um, there are many tales of working with Herman Schneider, his 
unbelievable attention to detail, his love of great wines, um, but his impossibly high standards <laughs> that he kept and maintained, which the diners of Melbourne were beneficiaries of. Absolutely. Vale, Herman Schneider, God bless you, and uh, commiserations to the family who remain. Mm. Herman Schneider, raise your glass if you've got one. If you we, don't, we do need, we need a glass. We've got a coffee, but uh, no. that's that's not appropriate. <laughs> I think he would prefer a, uh, a a good Chablis or preferably a Premier Grand Cru if mm. you could have such a thing. God bless you, Herman Schneider. Um, moving on, yes. Um, uh, I just want to say that I had an unbelievably great day on the banks of the Yarra. I've been rabbiting on about Good Beer Kitchen. Uh, and it happened yesterday. It did, and it was just a brilliant, brilliant day. Um, the Arbery, God, they do a great job it's there. Good venue is one of my favourite spots just for a, a, a sneaky afternoon beer. Yeah, and, and kudos to the management um, and also Nick Bennett, who is the chef there, mm-hmm. who does unbelievably uh, high, high-end food for the venue. Like, they mm. really – cliché – Sorry, I'm using. I'm a little bit tired. They punch above their weight, man. Yes, there you go. You, yeah. can, you can wrap me over the knuckles later. Um, in the in their offering that they do, and also Nick, thank you for the little bit of sourdough starter that you gave me. So we've got a new sourdough starter uh, for new place. Um, we should mention what's on the show. I was just getting to that. Yeah. Um, what a great idea! Thank you. East Gippsland. Yes, it's been through uh, a time. It hasn't. It feels like a long time ago we were seeing the new stories of the catastrophic bushfires that affect obviously many regions, but that region very, very badly. Indeed. And then we we were just about to dust off our tourism campaigns and try and inject some money into Mm -hmm. East Gippsland and then, of course... Well, you might remember, I'm I'm going to just, if if I could just uh, diverge somewhat, I remember we, as, you know, the hospitality industry got, Mm -hmm. got together and a few restaurateurs... Um, with um, me on the coattails, yep. uh, got some money organised for Blaze Aid, you know, yes. to help things yes. out. And then the cataclysm hit. Yes. The COVID cataclysm. It was very hard to sort of frequent <clears throat> a region when you can't leave your house. Yep. But mm. the good news is, if I can just flip that around Go. on its ear, Matt, uh, is the fact that uh, there will be the inaugural mid-winter festival happening mm. in beautiful East Gippsland. Mm-hmm. And Adam Bloom is probably waiting for us to call. He's going, gee, they're late. Um, <laughs> Colin, he's going to give us a little bit of a rundown yes. as to what to expect. It's spread over a bit of time. So I, I think what we should take from this is that um, there will be some great events happening. Yep. And we will give you a website and give you a little flavour of the areas and what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The star of the show will be on after that. You're referring, of course, to John there from Tomato City, the Queen Victoria Market. Yes, and he gives us a bit of a tomato masterclass. Does he? Yes, <laughs> he does. He talks about... Anyway, listen to that. Mm. Uh, that'll be a little bit of fun. And then, coming to you live mm. from a hill in her car, yes. because she lives in the country, uh, Rosa Mitchell from Rosa's Canteen. Yes. Uh, if you haven't met Rosa Mitchell, she would be described as a bit of a force of nature, I suppose. I would agree. Good. Um, Sicilian of um, extraction. Yes. And um, we're going to ask her about ah, just cooking. You yeah. Know? You know, it's getting cold. What do you like? It's a free kick, really. Yep. yep. So hopefully she's got a little cup of coffee up on the hill 
or um, who knows, maybe she's got a Premier Cron Crew wine to toast Herman Schneider, who knows. <laughs> but uh, we'll be back with a kickstart to this show with Adam Bloom after this. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up rrr.org.au to find out how. And then they finished. <laughs> They're out of here. It's like, yeah, you don't get paid by the note, so we're no. leaving. But what we are doing is um, uh, we're heading across to the east, to the glorious east, to uh, East Gippsland, where on the phone, I hope, is uh, Adam Bloom. Adam, you there, mate? Good morning, Cam. I am. Oh, good on you. You're nice and comfy. You said you went back to the office to, uh, to just delight us with some really, really great reception. Yeah, I was also uh, almost going to be sitting up on the hill in my car, but uh, <laughs> I'm sitting downtown Bansdale enjoying a coffee. Nice work. Have you um, you got us on the net, have you? No, no, just on the mobile, but uh, yeah, for yeah, some good reason, man. a little bit of do- dodgy reception at home, but uh, all good here. <laughs> oh, that's good, man. Um, so tell us, um, first of all, um, about the uh, the Midwinter Festival, um, how it got uh, instigated and uh, your role within this organisation. Yeah, very good. Um, I moved back to East Gippsland about five years ago. From? And I'd worked on... Uh, from Melbourne. Yep. From the big smoke of Melbourne. And uh, I'd worked on a few food and wine events uh, down there, um, good food and wine show, and did a little stint working on taste festivals and gourmet escape. Uh, so when I moved back to Gippsland, I was sort of started thinking about what we could do in this region uh, mm. to attract a few people and showcase the really good food and wine and craft beer. Um, so we sort of got talking with East Gippsland Marketing about organising a winter festival. Yes. And um, sort of everyone thought it was a great idea, but nobody sort of wanted to run it or nobody really sort of had any budget. But uh, after the bushfires, we thought it was a pretty important project yes. to try and attract people here in winter. Yep. Um, obviously, over summer, we you know, 30,000 people got evacuated over summer, which for many businesses, they make you know 75% of their revenue across the summer months. So Just hang about. We really need to- hang, Adam, that's... An insane thing when you just say that for us to contemplate. How many people were evacuated again? Thirty-five. They, they say about thirty, about yeah, thirty to thirty-five thousand people wow. over, um, you know, Christmas and New Year. And and I grew up. Mum and Dad ran a caravan park in Painsville, so I know too well yeah. that a lot of the tourism businesses that's when they make their money. Um, so the, the winter here can be pretty quiet. So um, yeah, losing all those customers over summer was it was a massive hit for a lot of people. So we thought, well. Yeah, we really need to have a busy winter to um, to help them out and uh, and get, you know attract some people back to the region. Yes, um, I worked on a, helped out on a few events when I moved back here over summer, but a lot of the accommodation was already fully booked out. So, mm-hmm. looking at winter, we have the capacity to attract thousands of people, and uh, we've got a lot of co- accommodation available. So we thought, well, let's embrace the sort of the chill of the season, and um, yeah, people can rug up and enjoy some red wine and sit around the fire and have a good time. Come, come close to the fire pit. Come on, the, the wine's fine. That sounds, uh, <laughs> that sounds good. Um, and and is, this, uh, is this based in any way at all? Have you used the model of um, uh, the, uh, the festival down in Tasmania at all? As a, a, uh, there is a, a guiding light? There is a little bit of inspir- inspiration from that. Yeah, I think um, combining the, the food and, and the art and the dark of winter and those long yeah. nights. Yeah. Um, yeah, it certainly takes a bit of inspiration. And, and even Gourmet Escape over in Margaret River, where they have it sort of scattered out through the region and getting people to explore, you know, all the 
all the little good parts of um, of Eskipsan. Yeah, um, you, so we've had you gone holding it over three weeks. Um, so it'll kick off on 18th of June in Bansdale for the opening event, and run right through to the 11th of July. So it gives people time to come and stay for a week or two, and uh, yeah, get get about throughout the region. 18th of June to the 11th of July. That's a that's a good idea to to spread it out. And um, you have just finalised the program about, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, you said? Yeah, actually, just in the last week. It's, week. Um, it's yep. gone up on our, on, on our website. So, so it's gone live. Uh, it has. We're, so we've um, got that uh, laneway launch event in Benzo. That's the opening one. So that's on Friday the 18th of June. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have a, a grazing trail along a old sort of dingy laneway will be brought to life and um, we've had a team of artists that have painted over 70 metres of new murals in there. Wow. And uh, so we'll have all the eateries backing onto the laneway serving street food. Uh, we'll have some live music and roving performers. Um, so the restaurants like Northern Ground will be cooking over open fire. So it should be a good way to kick off the event. Well, that's my uh, uh, good buddy Rob Barbary there. He's, um, so he's doing that. Where's the, where's the laneway in town that you've painted? Is that sort of near where uh, Northern Ground is or sort of towards the river or where is it? Yeah, so if you've been to Northern Ground before, out to their back courtyard, the laneway is directly behind that. So yes. it's also behind the uh, the Woolworths in town as well. Yeah, that's the area. So okay. right, in the heart of, right in the heart of the CBD. Gotcha. Oh, that sounds great. So that's uh, that's the kickoff. And uh, what are some of the other things that people can maybe start getting into their minds and salivating about? Well, as our marketing gurus uh, sort of pointed out, the uh, two of the region's heavyweights, or the food and wine heavyweights, uh, Lightfoot and Sons and Sardine, are teaming up. Uh, so that'll be on the opening weekend. They've got a Pinot Picnic and Masterclass. Cool. So Sardine will be doing the, the catering for that. And um, Rob and... Uh, sorry, not Rob. Uh, Tom and uh, Alistair, the winemakers there at Lightfoot, will be hosting a Masterclass in their barrel room. Yes. Uh, so that'll, that'll uh, going through a few back vintages of Pinot. Whoa. So that'll be a nice one for Whoa. any wine lovers. Yes. And and just to uh, um, paint a picture for those that uh, don't know with the importance of sardine for the area. Yeah, uh, East Gippsland's first hatted restaurant in Sardine. Yep. Uh, we've now got a second one, which is actually uh, on the program as well. So Nick Malouk has returned home and opened up Soda Fish in Lakes Entrance. So he's got a floating restaurant there uh, right at Central Harbour. And he'll be hosting a couple of seafood dinners, uh, matching with local wines. Uh, and he tells me they'll also have an oyster shucking station. Oh. Uh, so any seafood lovers can get along to that one. I've got to get down for uh, that. To, Do you know, I, I reckon one of the, the thing about Nick Maluk and, um, and soda fish down there at the, at the, the jetty, uh, that could be some of the freshest fish that is sold in any restaurant in Australia, I would say, because or the unique thing about that is you dine on the jetty where the trawlers come in and there is no middleman there. What happens is they come off the boat and they walk the fish into the restaurant. Oh, my God, that's so fresh. And Nick knows how to cook. He knows when to stop adding flavour, but he also knows when to add it. He's, um, he's a bloody – he's a good boy. Yeah, no, it's very good. And um, his uh, family winery, Wainga Park Winery, they'll be doing a dinner there as well. Mm. Um, Nicholson River Winery are doing it a series of different degustation dinners matched with their wines. Um, we had Long Paddock doing a couple of dinners, uh, all about their Scotch oven there. So yeah, that's up in Linda now? Um, 
out at Linden Lindenay yet, but yeah. unfortunately they've sold out already. They uh, they were on sale for about a day and they've all sold out. So um, I suggest anyone that's keen to get down and come along to the event, so yeah, book their tickets pretty quickly. Can they do another session? Uh, there actually, Convers- Tanya's actually heading away on holidays, I believe, after that. So we might have to get her to cancel a holiday plan yeah. and see if she can do another couple of dinners. Do one, yeah, just do, take one for the team. Thanks very much. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, uh, and maybe uh, maybe uh, one or two more before we uh, we're going to have to uh, wrap this up. But uh, well, your good mates, your good mates down at Sailors Grave, they've got their uh, Deep Winter Festival 2.0. Yeah. That'll be on the third of July down in Orbost. Yeah. Uh, so they're teaming up with Meat Smith there. We'll be coming down doing the catering, and they've got uh, Shepherd and Airplane and the band playing. Uh, and following it up with a Sunday session at what they call the Bottom Pub, the Orbos Club Hotel, <laughs> on the 4th of July. So yeah. should be good. Uh, Malakuta have got a food truck festival. That'll be on, uh, I think, the 10th of July. Yes. Uh, Lakes Entrance have got a slow food community dinner in the laneway there. Marlow Hotel's uh, doing something. And then uh, they are, yep. yep. Yep, we've got a few concerts there. Uh, yeah. And then Rob Turner from Northern Ground and Mark Briggs will be teaming up for the closing event at uh, Meetung. So we've got the Meetung Hot Springs opening later in the year, so they're going to do a little uh, pop-up preview. So people who've got tickets for that will get a private tour of the Hot Springs site, dip their toes in the hot pools, uh, some cafes well, the- and bubbles, and then I'll get... Shuttled back to the golf club for a big long lunch. Yeah, or they or they can dip their other bits in there too, and uh, and experience the warmth and beauty of it. Sounds good. Bring BYO togs, yeah. Yeah, for God's sake, bring your togs. I mean, this is this isn't mofo. We're not all naked in the water together. <laughs> Actually, we're looking for an MC for that event. If you know any good MCs, can that love their food and wine, um, oh, yeah, sing well, out anyway. Well, you never know. I'll, I'll pass around the hat and see what uh, <laughs> see who salutes. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get in touch with you, um, Adam. We better go. Um, congratulations on uh, instigating this uh, this fabulous festival. I think it's a really, really great idea. If people want to find out about that, where do you suggest they go? Yep, so the website is egwinterfest.com.au. Yep. Uh, otherwise, they can look us up on Facebook or Instagram. Beautiful work. Love your work. Well, Adam, we might even be in touch with you as we get closer to that, uh, just if there's new things that come up. But congratulations, um, and it's really, really great to support a fabulous area that's, uh, well, been, been through the bloody ringer, let's face it, and may we all grow together. Thank you very much. We appreciate your support. Ah, pleasure. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up the Triple R website to find out how. We got sunshine. We're at the market. John, g'day, mate. Good morning, everybody. Yes, you've done it again, Cam. As soon as he gets here, he says, I have to take my coat off. The sun's out. I was saying, I'm a little bit warm, and uh, after this morning, I'm really, really glad to be able to say that. Welcome to the fringes of winter, huh? I think we jumped into it yesterday. It wasn't a fringe, mate. And uh, I believe we're going to have a doozy uh, this year, so it will be quite cold. Uh, Looking at maybe possibly around about 7 degrees tonight. So um, that has implications for everything. Um, That means that in the fields, the brassicas will be loving this. In the fields, the Brussels sprouts will be going, "Mm, mm, mm-mm-mm. Yeah, definitely. And Italians have a saying, the cold air will kill all the micre, which are the microbes the in the soil. Yes. And um, 
a lot of the uh, bad things will die and a lot of the good things will flourish. And a lot of things need that cold, cold nights to to bring out their sweetness. Yeah, especially right. Brussels sprouts, because if you eat the first Brussels sprouts, they've been growing through warmer temperature. Yeah. Uh, they've been sprayed every day or every second day to kill um, aphids and uh, bacteria and stuff, so mm. they're full of chemicals. Mm. And they're, they're bitter. Yeah. But when you get that cold burst, um, all the sweetness comes out of them. They don't need to spray them so much. Yeah. And they just grow in their own merry time. And... Um, you know, the poor people have to go and pick them. Sometimes, I've been told in Fentry Gully, they can have icicles on them. Yes. So can you imagine? Yeah, if you hit your, hit your fingers with a hammer, they might just shatter. Yeah, if they don't <laughs> fall off beforehand. <clears throat> yeah. Gosh, so spare a, spare a little moment for the people that uh, are in the fields picking our veg so that we can have the bounty that's in front of us. I've got to say... Everything's looking amazing today. Doesn't well, it's very, very fresh and very fresh, looking. and we're very, very lucky as well because um, you know we, we've got a few things that we didn't have a few weeks ago, like peas and beautiful beans, because mm. they couldn't get out into the field. Yep. Um, and even uh, my uh, Doncaster tomato grower said that there were a few days when the pickers didn't want to go out into the field because it was so cold and rainy. They said, sorry, mate, we're not doing it. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so the owner um, wasn't able to, uh, how do we say this, uh, persuade them to get into the fields? Definitely not. Not with cash, not with... Uh, not with nothing. <laughs> nothing. Neither for love nor money. <laughs> not for love nor money, as they say. <laughs> yes. Wow, well, okay. What are you doing? Well, you got back on track, no worries. Yeah, and, and that's what we do. And, and one thing that I'm noticing uh, this morning, just by way of uh, this place that we're in, this fabulous Queen Victoria Market... The line for the donuts this morning is very, very long. Look at look at that. It goes to yeah, there. It's um, way past uh, two full sheds yeah. uh, and across the laneways as well. And as you know, it's definitely worth it because the donuts are glorious. Um, yeah. I, I got lucky. I went over there and uh, asked for donuts, and the girl said, make them double for John. Yeah, they always so, do. So, you know, um, not good for the cholesterol, but you only live once. And, and when uh, John's doing double, he gets uh, double jam. Double jam. Strawberry jam, the best in the world. Uh, it's something uh, we mere mortals can only aspire to. But well, you can ask for it, they'll do it for you. Mm, yeah, okay. But you, anyway, you're a, uh, a lucky man that you're here and you get that sort of preferential and treatment, love. show is, and love. Yeah. Um, show and tell here, we've got, um, we're, we're at the back of um, uh, John's uh, stall here in Eight Shed. Um, we've got a little bit of Hessian here. There's, uh, this is where John cuts up his pumpkins and and portions, things, and cabbages too. And we've thrown some things onto cardboard, the sun's shining on it, and this is our show-and-tell where we, we talk about what's interesting. One, we're going to start off with controversy. Controversy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> garlic. Worry, you're not alone. <laughs> yes, I need more coffee. Um, garlic, uh, where John said the earth-shattering thing, mate, the Chinese stuff is better than this Argentinian, and I nearly fell over. No disrespect to the South Americans. Not at all. Um, but look at this. Yeah. You, you might like is to that describe, Chinese? Yes, describe it for me. All right, well, I haven't seen this. This is, okay, this is, looks like a very young garlic. Um, it's, the, the skin on it is still quite pliable, we could say. There are sort of strakes of magenta that are there with the white, but it's also got this gloss... This looks like it could have just come out of the ground yes, a couple of days ago. And you're it, telling me that's from not, China? It's not very old. It came over 
on the flown over on a Concorde or something? Uh, probably. If you, you look, parachuted it, into it, it looks like our garlic. It's nice and pearly. And I've been saying to people, Jesus, they do grow great. good stuff over there. Normally they send it to the States because they throw more money. Yeah. Um, that's the best-looking Chinese garlic yeah, I've ever seen. It's nice and pearly. I've been saying to people, go buy a kilo of prawns and have a, uh, a festival that's beautiful. Yeah, OK. Or a fest, I should have All right, I will. Um, <laughs> I'm going to. This Argentinian stuff's good, don't get me wrong. It, it's dry. It's... Actually, one's even starting to shoot, which is unusual. Yeah, yeah. But it, this is fresh as well, but not a bit fresh, of, fresh. Just crinkle it so we can hear that it's dry. Hear that? Yeah, so that's, okay. that's really so, quite dry. And it's also got no purple at all. The top is actually separated out. So yeah. you know when the garlic sort of flexes its muscles to, to grow again and it, and it escapes the, the skin that contains it? Is that a good way to say it? Yes. Um, this is in that stage and it looks drier. Uh, so, it's shooting. So if you want something with more strength and yeah. more acid... Yeah. Um, more bang, more than the acid. More garlic bang um, for you, your buck. You'd buy that. And if you want something more subtle, mm. uh, that's sweeter, you'd buy this stuff here that's younger. Well, and we, we only get it for a few weeks of the year, which is tragic. Uh, but thank God our Aussie stuff um, we'll be should be jumping and uh, we'll get it in um, six or seven weeks, something like that. Oh, OK. Anyway, um, we, should, uh, we should probably move on. because yes, so. There you go. Uh, go. Chinese garlic is actually better than the Argentinian. Who would have thunk it? Um, we've got a relic from a season. Uh, we've got probably the very, very last yes, of the muscatels yes. I'm holding here. Yeah, the, the, stems the stems are, are drying a little bit. Yeah, they're a little bit brown. The but grapes are still crisp, still full of sugar. Mm. And when you eat them, they're just memorable. You'll remember <laughs> half an hour later that you've eaten them. Yeah. Unlike some grapes, when you eat them, you know, there's just juice. Whoa! Yeah, big bang. That is so intense. Yes, and the seed's good for you. Don't forget, eat the seed. Well, you're not going to have a grape on your stomach? No, definitely not. We've had that gag for, I don't know, 15 years now. Yeah. Let's move on. All right, so I've also <laughs> bought some heirloom tomatoes out today. Mm. I, I should say I've also bought one little Doncaster one, the size of a small egg. Um, that's, that's not heirloom. Well, you could say so because it's, it's this variety has been it's around a, a long time. It's not a gourmet one. This is a real tomato. What, what is um, that variety? It's, I've just ever always known it as uh, the Doncaster tomato. It's either Red Bluff or... Um, it's got a name, but it's not sold with that name. It's about the size of a, a small hen's egg, yeah. um, isn't it? When, when you cut and these tomatoes, rough. they have aroma, flavour, colour. Mm. Um, I've got quite a few restaurateurs that come and get them. Bit of acid um, too. Bit of acid yeah, as yeah. well. Yep. Um, a couple of Greek boys especially put them in a Greek salad and the customers complain if they're not them. Rouge. They, they know. Rouge and this one, mind. yes, this is a big rouge. Um, it fits in my palm quite easily. It's mm. beautiful. Uh, all the ridges on the side of the tomato, a softer skin, sweet tomato. I like these when they're blood red. This has just got a little bit of a yellowy tinge. Mm. It's getting there. And then we got this beautiful black Russian. This is um, a little bit of a firmer tomato, but also very, very sweet. This is still a little bit green for me, but quite edible like that for me. Mm. Um, it's got these beautiful... Uh, yellowy green stripes on it, like it's it's like a green zebra sort of stripe, isn't it? Yeah, but Maybe I hate zebras. So don't defined. get me wrong. Really? Yeah, I hate zebras. Is that weird? Because the green zebras were voted when they first came out. They were voted as the top tomato by yeah, you know a lot, lot of panels. Why? Because they had they more... paid off the judges. No, no, no. Okay, so they had more acid, more yeah. bang yeah, compared to the gourmet. Oh. But now we've got this big array of tomatoes that are much better. Yes. 
Uh, you like zebras? Good luck to you. Yeah, yeah. And not that there's anything wrong with that. All right. <laughs> That's what I said. All right. So, All truss. Right. So. You got excited about these. These are very nice truss. This um, is just, um, oh, it's got the girth of an egg, but they're nice and round. And there's about eight to ten on the branch. Ten on this one. This I, is I what we count. call a mini truss. Yep. Um, a little bit juicier, a little bit sweeter. Slightly uh, um, got a little bit of give in it. Skin. Yeah, thinner yeah. skin. Got yeah, a little bit of give in it. Very, very tasty. And then we got the cherry truss. Now this is a smaller version today. The berries are very small. The size of an alley, if you're old enough to remember, a marble. <laughs> um, we do get them just a little bit bigger mm. and plumper. But these, when you bite one of these. The, the the little boy was just eating one and his mum said, put it in your mouth and close your mouth and then bite it because you're going to get it all over your shirt. And that's what they are, they're sugar bombs. Uh, when you bite them, they go bang. Bum. So in a salad, you can imagine what they're like. Also, um, just quickly thrown into an oven with maybe a little bit of salt on top of them, um, they, they cook up and they sort of burst. You'll see the skins will split yes. and the sugars will get intensified. And it's a little accompaniment to... I don't know, a piece of fish, um, whatever. And the big Um, ones are good to do that as well. And then we've got another one, a mini Roma. Uh, This is like a quail egg. It's elongated. Mm. And this is in between the two of them. A little bit more sugar and a little bit less acid than a cherry tomato. The colour and the intensity is unreal. Um, When a lot of people buy their cherry tomatoes, if I give them one to try, Mm. they say, well, I'll take some of them too because they're very, very good. Yep. So, you know, we've got plenty of other tomatoes as well, well to keep well, everyone happy. Well, what would you do with these? these? These are pretty much the same. Um, these are the same. Put them on a skewer, throw them in a salad, throw yep. them in the oven. Yep. Nice in a salad. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, good. Um, it, uh, quickly, uh, looking around, uh, mandarins. Is it time to buy a mandarin yet? Have you had a good one? Yes, I, I do think so because I tried a few and I wasn't impressed, but one of my customers threw one at me yesterday for me to eat, not to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> to you, not at you, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was very, very sweet, so I'm going to go and get some as soon as we finish here so I don't yeah. forget because um, now it's time to get in. Um, we have a, a, a nice meal a night, then we have a little bit of fruit, so I think this week's going to be um, golden dull apples that I bought and a few mandarins just to break it up a bit. So, Sounds good. Yeah, it does, it does, and it's very good because it refreshes the palate as well. And we all need vitamin C, so we'll have that extra kick. Yeah, we do need that now. Uh, we've had a little bit of a uh, tomato masterclass today from John. Thank you, John. Um, I think it's time to move on to the pick of the market. Well, you brought a bunch of beetroot. We didn't talk about that. No. Beetroots is very, very nice. It's um, nice size, not too big, not too small, very easy to cook. Just give them a boil when the skin comes off. Slice them a little bit of vinegar in a salad. Very nice beside a steak. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you don't know what you want to eat. That's good for a change, and it's good for you as well. Oh, my God, all those fat-soluble vitamins are awesome. Yeah. Um, green beans ran away this week. We got peas back again. They could get in and pick them. Uh, we've sold a lot of eggplant. Beautiful, oh, nice, yeah. big, shiny eggplant. People are making fried eggplant, parmigiana. Yeah. You name it, they're doing with it. Yeah. Um, even cabbages, nice savoy cabbages. I've been cutting them into quarters. They've been buying a little bit to make a coleslaw or, or a quick soup. Um, zucchini, a dime a dozen out there. 
Beautiful, nice, tight cauliflowers and broccoli again. Whoa! It's all there. Passion fruit, passion oh, fruit, passion, passion fruit. fruit they're throwing them out. And, and even, even kiwi fruit. You know, there's so many kiwi fruit. There's yellow kiwi oh fruit, God. red kiwi fruit, normal kiwi fruit, yeah, and put, cheap, cheap. Put some passion fruit on your, on your menu, folks, because... It's that last little burst of summer intensity. If, if anything reminds me of summer, it's a passion fruit. Yeah, you know what's good? Rather than drinking soft drinks or um, yeah. sometimes even a glass of wine with your dinner, passion fruit in a glass of water. Yeah, bang. It's beautiful. I love that. Reminds me of the old passiano. Yeah, that and, sounds really good. And like I said, it's all out there. Mm. Walk around, yep. decide what you want to eat for the week like I did before. That's right. And then buy it and go home and have a feast. What else can we ask for? More bit of sunshine, sunshine. Yeah, yeah, you got it, mate. All right, and I'm not going to ask you what you're going to have for dinner tonight because I've just through um, uh, you telling me over a lot of time you'll say it's just going to be simple, it's going to be a tomato pasta. <gasps> what are you looking forward to this week to eat? I bought some huge New Zealand snapper fillets yesterday. Yeah. And tomorrow night I'm going to slice it, not too small, not too big, mm. straight into the fry pan. Mm. And if we're naughty, we may have some potato chips made with um, Dutch cream potatoes. Okay. And maybe we might fry a few tomatoes up to have on the side of that. Ooh. So what else can you ask for? Sounds good, sounds good. Oh, yeah, one thing before we do go, nice you did have some green tomatoes. Yes. Speaking of fried, you could do fried green tomatoes yes, with that. Yes, yes, I bought some beautiful tomatoes because people were asking me, some want to make a pickle, mm. some want to make fried green tomatoes, mm. some want to make jardiniera. Yes. So I've been saying to people, buy two or three, try to make a jardiniera. You know, tomatoes, carrots, cauliflower. Um, what else do they put in it? Uh, the, uh, pickled little pickled onions. onions yeah. And sometimes uh, olives. Yeah, sometimes. Look, Google it. It's so easy. All you've got to do yeah. is give them a light boil, put a little bit of vinegar on it, a little bit of good olive oil and eat it fresh. Yeah. Or don't put the oil on it, put it in a jar and let it mature for a few days. Sounds good. It gladdens my heart and warms me up. John, as always, thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Have a lovely day. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. To find out more about Triple R or to explore many more shows, podcasts, articles, videos and interviews, head to the Triple R website at rrr.org.au. Triple R is the station you are listening to. And, uh, well, have we said how great it is that you're on board? Well, it is. Welcome aboard towards the end of the show. And I thought maybe it might be just a good idea to talk to a chef, Hmm. a fabulous chef, I must say, uh, just about cooking. Let's riff on the fact that uh, the oven could be used a bit more now because uh, the oven's heat in the kitchen is a welcome thing rather than something to be shunned in the middle of February, shall we say. And as mentioned before, on a hillside, in a car, looking out on the vista in front of us, we have the distinct uh, honour of having a chat to Rosa Mitchell. Rosa Mitchell, a very, very good afternoon. What do you see in front of you? A pack of kangaroos at the moment. Hey, what are they? The bunch of greys? Um, I think so. They're a bit in the, up on top of the hill up there. But, yeah, um, I've been watching them while I've been waiting. So. Oh, how beautiful. And, and uh, yeah. just general area, we please, we don't need your address because we wouldn't want to divulge that on air, but general area, where are you? I'm about 16 k's outside of Dalesford, halfway between Dalesford and Castlemaine. Oh, how beautiful. And, of course, uh, and for those that have been born under a rock and haven't been to the latest incarnation of Rose's Canteen, 
where would we find you? We're on the corner of Middlebrook um, and Thompson Street in the CBD. So that's sort of um, going towards, that's over Elizabeth Street, correct? Yeah, it's between Queen and William. Yeah, lovely little uh, neck of the woods it's around there. The yeah, lovely. It's good to have. I saw Frank at the market this morning. Yeah, I was telling him that uh, there was a controversy that John said that the Chinese garlic was better than the Argentinian. So there you go. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. It set the cat amongst the pigeons. No, but you should have seen this stuff, Rosa. It was sort of, um, it was sort of pink. Um, it was still a little bit wet, so you could actually peel off the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 and you know, when John says something, you got to take notice. He'll, <laughs> you know, he'll never die wondering, as you won't, but. It's getting cooler, isn't it? And um, and what have your th- what have your thoughts been moving to in regards to cooking food? Well, I think at this time of the year, um, you know, I heard you say about the oven. Um, I I love the you know one tray bake sort of thing. So yeah. you know, just get all your meat and your veggies, and you know, and I like it to be a little bit wet, so you can serve it with polenta or couscous or rice. And um, I mean, at the moment, the most beautiful thing that's uh, around at the moment is the uh, fennel. Oh, the so, uh, finok, yeah. Finok, yeah. Yes. And um, you know what? The first time I ever saw, we do, we were just talking about um, the passing of Herman Schneider because um, it, yeah. Yeah, it had to be mentioned. But uh, one of the first times I ever had uh, fennel as a, as a hot dish, I remember he used to braise fennel, you know, he'd, he'd yeah. cut a quarter blah, 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 um, and then put a bit of stock over the top of it and a bit of cheese over the top of it. And that is beautiful, isn't it? Yes, and, uh, um, and and what a friend it has in the orange, huh? Oh, yes, of course, and anchovies. <laughs> mm. Oh, and anchovies, yeah, too. Nice. There you go, I didn't oh, think of that. Yeah, well, it's a very Sicilian dish, you know, fennel and orange salad, with, uh, and some of the restaurants in Sicily serve, you know, quite big sort of pieces of um, anchovies, it's delicious. Oh, yum. That's, that sounds really, really good. Um the uh, you uh, alluded to the fact of the uh, the one oh god cliche sorry I'm going to get hit twice by Matt today one pot wonder I'll just say it really really quickly um, so that maybe sure. Matt doesn't notice that I've just dropped a cliche um, but a really really valid thing and um, a, sort of an easy and and um, a time saving sort of thing because once you get it organised it's in the oven what are your exactly. sort of guides in that well you know. By putting it in the oven, you just put it in your time that you don't have to worry about stirring it, is it sticky? Mm. And um, I cook mostly, sometimes I even cook my ragoons in the oven so that you can go off and do something or you don't have to be constantly stirring. And, um, yeah, uh, it's just about, I, I like the dish to be wet, um, you know, rather than the roast type thing, I like with a chicken stock. But, um, you know, it's great to use up, you know, leftover veggies or, you know, all the uh, the cuts that are hard to, you know, the sort of not-so-great cuts like pork meat, which is another underrated vegetable, or, you know, your lamb shanks are a bit worth the fortune now, but, you know, rabbit or, you know, just nice sort of things that you can slow cook in the oven. Yes. And um, tell me, in your armoury, uh, in your kitchen, do you possess a thing which is sort of the... Oh, I don't know, maybe the cousin of the oven, which is the, the crock pot. Do you uh, do crock pot? No. No? Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, no. 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 no
can have to have about 20 crock pots if you... Um, but we do, um, we do some slow cooking sometimes, and we actually put the combi oven on at, like, 95 degrees. Oh, hang about. Right, so did you say the combi oven? Is this the combi oven you have at home? Oh, no, not at home. Sorry, but you went in the restaurant. Oh, great. <laughs> okay, I'm going, wow. Jesus. this is... <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got a terrible oven in my house. No, no, I don't have a <laughs> But, you know, you can, you can actually put your oven on at a very, very low, you know, like 95 degrees, 90 degrees, and you can cook something overnight. You can use it like a crock pot, as long as you're, you know, um, your dish is very well sealed. Yes, and you're and you're confident that the uh, the oven can go to those low temperatures, and yeah, as you sort of yeah. allude to, the the fact is that uh, newer style ovens really do that do go down to there because yeah, I remember it used to be what was it about I don't know it was about 150 or something used to be the the yeah. lowest they used to go to. So yeah, that's uh, that's the go. Um, yeah, and you'd have to you know not shallow. You'd have to be a deeper dish, so you've got all the moisture to keep it going and keep it wet throughout the night. You know, you give it a good cook for about eight hours at 90, 95, and it's terrific. Does sound good. Does sound good. Yeah. Um, Rosa, we're, we're having a bit of uh, uh, apologies to the listener. It's um, we're, we're having a little bit of problem with uh, reception wise. Um, I know. I mean, sometimes we get really bad reception here. It's probably the weather that has something to do with it too, doesn't it? It has. It's rain. It's just started to rain as well. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Have, have, have the kangaroos moved on, or are they still around you? No, they're still on the top of the hill grazing. Yeah, there we go. They got all this. One of them is on the lookout. Keep a lookout, Barry. <laughs> here we go. No worries. Yeah, I'm on the lookout. Um, and uh, have you got to? Is there things that you have planned on your menu that uh, you want to do over the weekends coming up? Like, what, what, what's the first thing that you usually return to once the weather gets really, really cold, cooking-wise? Well, at the moment, as I said, with the fennel, I love my pork and fennel sort of dish that I do, which is just diced fennel, pan-fry some onion, throwing a diced fennel, throwing one can of tomatoes, lamb yes. um, neck. I'm sorry, pork neck that you cut into chunks, yes. and fry that all in together into your dish in the oven an hour, an hour and a half, and it's beautiful. Oh, my God, that does sound good. <laughs> and um, yeah. and what about, uh, that's the stuff that's in the oven. What about, um, are there soups that you love doing? <clears throat> yeah, there's a terrific soup at the moment, um, which is uh, barley and pumpkin and chicory soup. So, um, you know, you can get an chicken. onion. Yeah, yeah. Barley, yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. So the, it's like a pumpkin soup that has barley through it and chicory. And if you don't like chicory, you don't want to do chicory, you can add spinach or broccoli at the end of it. Oh. But you sort of pan fry onion, chunks of pumpkin. And I do the pumpkin in all different sizes. So you've got some that break down, some that stay chunky. Yes. And you sweep that and cook it till it's, you know, quite sort of cooked. <laughs> and then you add in a cup of barley. Yes. And then... Your stock or water doesn't really need um, chicken stock. Mm. And then just slow cook that when your barley's sort of just about cooked or cooked, add your chicory or your broccoli or spinach. Yes. And it's delicious. That sounds divine. What I love about barley is when it opens up and you get these little these little soft pillows in, in the mouth. I know. Oh, it's the most beautiful texture, isn't it? It's, it is, yeah. It's very warm. And, and actually... Um, uh, it it reminds me of my childhood, um, of the fact that I used to eat um, scotch broth, which used to be uh, 
Yeah. Probably one. Yeah. Of, and dare I say it, maybe uh, this might sound a bit sacrilegious to uh, Sicilian, but so far as a canned soup, Campbell's used to make Scotch broth, and it was actually a really good product, and they took it off the market, which... Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, which, which made me very, very... Did you have Campbell's Scotch broth as a kid? No. Not a scotch broth, no. no. Anyway. I don't think my mum ever cooked anything out of a can except for tomatoes. To yeah, of course. I'm, I'm sorry. I, 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 as soon as that started coming out of my mouth, it's almost... You know when you see words come and you just want to take them back? It's like, why have I done that? Um, Rosa... Yeah, Either. Uh, no, no, no worms, no red worms. Thank you very, very much. Um, Rosa, it's a, a delight um, having a chat to you. Um, don't forget, folks, Thank Rosa's you. Canteen uh, is uh, is there in Melbourne and uh, would love to see you come back. How's, uh, in, in about a minute or so, how's business been? Has it picked up? Yes, we're very fortunate. We're back to normal, which is wonderful. We've oh, got wow. a great bunch of loyal customers. So, yes. yeah, we're very happy. We're, yeah, Monday to Friday. Yes. Um, we've cut out the Saturday because, you know, staff shortage. But, yeah, no, we're back to normal and, uh, yeah, enjoying the time back at work. And enjoying the beautiful welcome and hospitality that you give so well, as yeah. well as the beautiful oh, thank food you. from your cucina. Rosa, thank you so much for having a chat to us. It's been a delight. I look forward to seeing you, you. in the not-too-distant future. Big hug. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 